Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. We're back, Pods fans, for another episode of Ring the Bell Podstock. Nick Kreider here, joined as always by the three-time All-Star Heath Bell. We are struggling as a team right now. We had some pretty bad road trips, and we have an injury. Profar had a really scary injury the other day. We're glad he's okay, left the field with just a concussion. But we did have one bright spot the other night. Heath and I were just mentioning it's true. Luis gets called up to play center field in his debut, his first at bat. It's a single right up the middle. Pretty awesome to see uh, the guy who was turning the cover off the ball in AAA. Yeah, I like Ruiz. I mean, he looked really comfortable up to bat. I mean, I heard he changed his swing a little bit. I mean, a little dictate on him. He started in AAA. They moved him down to AA, fixed a few things, started crushing the ball. They moved him back up. You know, he's if he keeps getting on base and stealing like he can, he can still up to 100 bags this year. He's got a lot of potential, and I like how the Padres have actually gone to the farm system. Yeah. You know, Grissom's not cutting it. It's mid, it's mid season. Now we have to really say, I mean, I don't know if he's got any options, but if he has options, send him down. Otherwise, you know, he, we got to bench him and figure out something going on. I mean, Will Myers hopefully coming back pro first hurt. So we don't know how long he's coming back, but Ruiz, I mean, he, he's the only bright star that we have so far. Yeah. That's not playing well. I would say to the point of Grisham is we used to always think, okay, well, he's not hitting very well, but his defense makes up for it. And lately his defense has been trash. Dropped a fly ball that was on the run, but he still made it, should have made that catch. He's messed read a couple of balls that got past him for triples. And one was an inside the park home run. So there's no excuses anymore. The thing I is, I think he's, he's just frustrated. Oh, I'm sure that's he why is. His defense is not, he's not playing up to he's where he thinks he can play. Well, he's yeah. also 25 years old. So I'm thinking to myself, if we can go out and try to trade him, someone probably thinks he still has potential, right? There's still some in the tank. He's 25 years old, hasn't hit his prime yet. Maybe we go out, get a get a bat and make him the centerpiece of a trade package. Yeah, he would definitely see. This is the thing is I hope, like I was talking last time, the Padres are not going to go do anything. But Grissom, you know, is one of those, you know, we thought he was going to be the future or whatnot, but he's not doing well. You know, you have another guy right there, Ruiz. It looks like he he could be a center fielder. So let's go with him until we have a bona fide guy that lives up to it for the next like two or three years and trade Grissom somewhere. Yeah. You know, um, by the hot hand. 
Yeah, right now that's what we need to do. We need to, I mean, we're seven games back. I mean, last we were, I mean, gosh, what two weeks ago we were like in first place, we out were of in first, first place, place, in first place. And all of a sudden we just, I mean, it, it's glad that we played so well early to be in this predicament where we've played like shit. We've played like crap right. and we're seven games back or seven and a half back now. So um, we got to get some guys hitting. That's plain and simple. I mean, we can't just live on Machado hitting 300. Eric Cosmer is batting um, like 270, but really he's batting probably like 220 just because he's he was hitting close to 400, you know, the first month, the six weeks of the season. Profar's hurt and he was, you know, hitting 240, you know, creeping up to 250. And then, you know, Kim is hitting pretty good two around 240. And so is Conworth. So we need some guys hitting in the 260s, 270s. You yeah. know, is that asking for too much? You know, normally, no. I remember when I was playing, I mean, we'd have guys hitting like 260 and they're like, man, I'm normally a 300 hitter or trying to get up to 300. And I'm like, well, if your 280 is not is respectable, 260. And now I'm looking at the Padres going 230, 240. Wow, that's bad. Yeah. So could we at least get someone who gets 250, just one for four? Let's do it. Then you know, here's the ones one part that I did not realize. I don't know if you realize. Um, Snell got his mm-hmm. first win. He did, yeah. He, he was how it wasn't even his first win, it was the first time the team won when he yeah. pitched. Well, no, so he officially has a win. Yeah, exactly. He, he's got a win on his record, but also the Padres, regardless of his record, their own record, he didn't win a game when he was pitching. So he's been so, playing. He's been pitching pretty well. Rising to me. I was it, like, oh, yeah, my gosh. It's got to happen at some point, but he's striking just, guys out. He won, and I went, holy shit, that was his first win. Like, yeah. Because well, he's been pitching pretty good, and I was like. You remember last season, it, it, he had he could, a very rough start to the season. And then after the all road, break, was it? Well, no, just the first half of the season, he just had blow up innings, right? Where he would, he would yeah, throw like 30, 30 or 40 pitches in an inning. And like, we've seen that a lot this year as well. And then he found his groove late in the season and then was dominant all of August and September. He just was lights out. So hopefully he rides what he has right now. I mean, he's been striking. He had 11 strikeouts, 12 strikeouts, and hopefully we, he can just avoid those big innings. That's really yeah. the biggest thing. I, he had one the other day in that win where I think it was like the third inning where he loaded the bases, he threw like 30 plus pitches. And I was like, "Uh Oh, here we go again. But he got out of the jam. So if he can just continue to find that momentum, that might be a a nice little uh, addition to our our rotation there. Yeah. It would be really nice to him to find his groove, especially late in the season like this, you know, going from like, for me, I look at like the guys where I, you know, like I said, last time I felt like they were a little tired, sluggish, Mm -hmm. Maybe it was the 4th of July weekend. There was so much going on. Maybe they were going out. Maybe there weren't. I don't know. But it just, it, it kind of seems like they're just, you know, that, you know, that as they call it the dog days of summer. Yeah. Right at the all-star break. It just seems like the group, the Padre groove, they've lost their mojo or something. Mm-hmm. And that's where I see it as a player. Uh, what do you think you see? Because like, you know, I was in the trenches. I was there. Sometimes you, you just do well you lose a mojo because somebody gets hurt or whatever you, you sometimes something happens in the clubhouse. Like I'll give you an instance. There was one time we went, it was a family trip and a girlfriend was out of the pool with the family, but the girlfriend was a girlfriend to a married guy. <laughs> so Uh-oh. it was one of those things that we had to talk to him and say, Hey, this is, you know, this is a family trip. 
Yeah. We got to stop this out. And then it was just awkward. That series, so that four game series was real awkward because he was like, no, no, he, she's here for somebody else. It's so-and-so. I'm like, dude, give us a break. Give me a break. Right. I actually talked to him. I'm like, Hey, I talked to him off the side and went, look, I get it. I get it. Not judging, but that's just not right. Cause wives are going to start talking. Anyway, right. the player's divorced now, but um, who, who thought that was going to happen? <laughs> who saw that most, coming? You know, pretty much all the wives. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's one of those things. So like something is happening with the pods. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the mojo is gone. So what do you think? What do you see? Is just, you know, being a fan or whatnot. Cause I always like talking to fans and seeing. Right. From my perspective, they look exhausted. That's really what it is. I think a lot of them, there's been a lot of injuries. We have to be probably one of the most injured teams in baseball with Tatis, Manny going down for a little bit, our bullpen now pro far Nick Martinez got hit in the ankle the other day. So he may be out for a little bit. That's the biggest thing that to me is a lot of these guys look like they're overworked and they're exhausted and they've played a lot of games without any breaks. I mean, maybe it's just because we started the season so late that extra two weeks, they had to catch up and put games back to back. But we've had stretches where there was like 15, 16 games in a row. And that's got to be exhausting. I'm looking at the all-star break and I know it's not that long of a break, but it is a few days off for guys to hit the reset button and to just find their groove again and just to relax a little bit. Hopefully they come out of that break energized and ready to roll but yeah it's it's demoralizing when you have guy after guy go down and i think game after game and the, the offense too this the struggles the woes it's not about on base percentage either these guys are getting on with walks and singles but we're 28th in the league in slugging percentage they're not getting extra base hits they're not hitting home runs there's no triples there's no doubles it's all singles and walks well that in that there you go if our front office and i'm pretty sure our front office is all about you know, the numbers, like the money ball, that's on base percentage. That's all that really matters. Right. No, it doesn't. You got to score runs. You got to get a hit late in the game. But I mean, going back to like, look at, I mean, our normal shortstop isn't an everyday player. You know, we don't really have an everyday first baseman. Our DH, I know DH is a little bit different, but it's really a mental game. You know, even though you're not playing defense, you're just hitting to sit there and think about your bats. It's almost like golf. There's, there's so much time to think it's not a normal DH that does it every day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, basically our outfield isn't like, you know, I think we only have one true outfielder that's really there every day. So now we're talking about a bunch of players that are role players that we've asked to play everyday guys, you know, to be every day. And trust me, I was there. I'm older now. I'm probably wiser now. I was probably dumb and stupid or whatnot, but you think you can do everything. It's like, oh, no, I could play every day. I should be, you know, this. Well, there's a mental part and a physical part that sometimes doesn't work. And like for me in the bullpen, I took pride when I was younger to pitch multiple days in a row where guys don't pitch multiple days in a row. But like taking it to a position player to jog out there every day to not just sit there. I mean, it's nice and it's great. And the guys were tearing it up. But then after two months of doing it, three months of doing it, it's it's exhausting. That's why I say it's a marathon season. And we have half of our team. If our normal guys were there playing and nobody was hurt and everybody was just doing their thing, half of our roster would be sitting on the bench. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things that they're tired. They're exhausted. The all-star break can't come quick enough, basically. So yeah, there's just a lot of guys that look to be struggling that didn't have this bad of a start. One of the guys I'm looking at, and this is your form position, is the closer Taylor Rogers, 
right? He's been very bad within these last few games. I'm pulling up his stats right now. In his last, let's see, his last seven games, he owns an 8.22 ERA. Last 15 games, 7.53. He was lights out for the first 15 games of the season and then just out of nowhere just fell off. What do you see? And I'm not not going to say anything to, you know, Rogers, I think is pretty solid, but is he a true closer? Does he have that mentality where you have one time that somebody blows up, you know, you, you know, first time he gave us some runs mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he blew a game ever since he blew his first save. It just kind of been downhill spiraled. Does he feel like he doesn't have it anymore? Does he feel not invincible anymore because his numbers are showing it's a very mental part being a closer and not everybody, you have good pitchers that could do it, but not every pitcher can be a closer. They can have, you know, you can get on hot streaks and just dominate, but it, it basically says if you can have 30 or more saves multiple years in a row, it kind of shows that, Hey, you have the mentality of doing really well and being a closer, but not too many guys do that. I mean, nowadays it's just whoever's got the hot hand. I would, I mean, here's the thing. I hope the guys are talking to him. I hope he would, I hope Trevor Hoffman could come down and chit chat with him a little bit and maybe talk, see where his head's at. I don't know if Trevor's doing that. I don't know if. Why don't you do it? I don't have, I don't have Tyler's number. If I had Tyler's number, Tyler, give me a call. You know, you can trust me. You can get a hold of me. Ask Spencer. If you're listening to this, ask Spencer. Spencer, you got my number. Give me a call. We'll just chit chat. Because <laughs> the mental part is a huge part. You have to literally think your shit doesn't sink 24 seven. Yeah, of course. Even though you know deep down your shit sinks. Right. Like it, the worst thing about a closer is when you blow a game, you're pissed. You want to break up your locker room. You want to throw something. You want to, okay, you're just not happy. Mm-hmm. Okay then you got to go talk to the press and explain why you were dog shit, <laughs> you know, right. like that why sucks. you were not good and blah, blah, blah. It's easy to do when you do well. It's just that gut of like, great. I got to talk to these guys again, you know, and you don't want that feeling. But so I took it as I don't want to talk to these guys in this aspect. So therefore I'm going to try my best and I'm going to try harder. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to go find out what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. Was it mechanically Was did I just miss my pitch? Did I throw the wrong pitch? Did the catcher call the wrong pitch? Did it not break? Did it break? Was the shift on? Find out what it was and put it back in your memory bank or on your cheat sheet that everybody has now. And, you know, don't do that again. I almost wonder if Preller puts a, a premium on, a, on adding a closer this deadline. Taylor Rogers hasn't been a closer his entire year. And then he was named the closer to start this season. He was great. But what if we move him into a different role, right? A lefty specialist or maybe a setup man and we go out and add a closer. There's a guy on the, the Orioles right now, Jorge Lopez, who is 1.7 ERA, 17 saves. I mean, he looks like a pretty good option. It's the Orioles. They want to trade to get as many pieces as they can. I feel like that's well, the one here's that the thing. Add. AJ, if you're going to go do that, that's good. That's going to help our team. But here's the thing. Our problem is our offense. You have to address our offense, right? Maybe Taylor Rogers is trying too hard because that does happen with pitchers that knowing we're not going to score, we're not going to score. So you put so much pressure on you, even added the pressure that normally you have out there and you're just not doing it. Right. You know, I think Taylor's a good enough pitcher where he'll figure things out. Hopefully Um, he's good enough to figure things out, but it's just like, if he's putting too much pressure on himself, it's just one of those things. So um, 
I just don't want the Padres to go out and go, okay, well, we needed a closer. Okay. Makes sense. But what's our number one need? What's our main problem? We're not scoring. Our bad numbers. Yeah. Well, you can make multiple trades. I mean, he's done it before. No, I I know, but it's I, funny because I'm, I'm not on the I'm not on the AJ train. I, so. I look at some of these like articles sometimes of like who are good trade candidates and who's uh you know in the mix for players and it's funny like there's I'm looking at a top twenty list right now for impact trade arms and impact trade bats and the Padres is listed as as the potential suitor for like almost every single player because no one knows who who AJ ever wants to go after. He wants to go after anyone and everyone. Yeah, it's just I. Does he go out what and get what he needs? Like the Yankees last year went and got a middle reliever because they needed middle relief, and now he's their main closer. Yeah, and they got Rizzo, and he's their stud first baseman. Yeah, I mean, they definitely had to sign him and stuff, but here's the thing. Go find somebody. Go yeah. get what you need. Yankees needed a first baseman, so they went and got a first baseman. They went and got a middle reliever. Go get. Mm-hmm. Don't go, well, okay, well, we're going to get. That's where I was talking about last time. Are the Padres just happy? Or let me put it this way, because I know the owners want to win a championship. By far, I've never had a doubt the Padres owner want to win a championship. Yeah. But when I say the front office, I'm talking about AJ and his team. Yeah, they'd like one, but what are they really trying to do? Because I, it's just weird because, like, you know, you had Will Myers makes the all-star team, does great. Let's go sign a first baseman. But he was at first base. And he did a great job at first base. Mm-hmm. And who was saying that he's a better outfielder than a first baseman? Nobody. Right. Well, he. I think he also may have expressed interest that he didn't like playing first base. And if a guy doesn't want to play a position. I mean, but, but here's the thing. Then you don't sign the guy. Right. I want you. So every team has to have understanding. Every player has to realize this happens more in football, sometimes in basketball, more in football. But it happens in baseball, too. Greg Biggio was a catcher. Yep. But he's a Hall Star second baseman. He came up and they actually put him at third base his first year and then moved him over to second base. Never played second base in his life, but he was willing to be like, okay, this is the best thing for the team because the team thinks this is the best thing for my future. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a lot of people. There's not one guy that goes, hey, um, I think you're not an outfielder. You should be a first baseman or infielder. That's where we needed somebody. He did a great job. We think you have a future there and a future with us there. And if he's like, no, I want to be in the outfield, say, okay, well, maybe the future's not with us here. Right. Well, you talk about when we traded for that or when we signed that first base from Eric Cosmer. I know early on when we started doing these shows, sure, you were a big advocate for him. And then he proved all of us wrong, had a great two week stretch in April where he's he all proving me wrong. And now he is proving me right and proving you wrong. Uh, but see, has not been Eric, well. I think, is a great clubhouse guy. Well, so that's my question for you, right? Yeah. They're always going to try to trade him because the contract is really bad and it gets yep. cheaper the next three years. because It drops from 20 million a year to 13 million a year. So it gets a little bit easier. However, if we do decide to find a trade candidate or, or a partner, someone that wants to take Eric on, how is that going to affect our locker room? Well, you have to understand. So really Eric was, I think the locker room kind of guy, he might still be the guy. But to me, it kind of started to seem like Machado's the guy. Yeah. And Tatis Jr. is now kind of solidified and he's the guy. Mm -hmm. So now really, if you look at our locker room and I'm not giving anything, I think Eric's a great guy and I think he's a great ball player. We have three locker room guys. Mm -hmm. We don't have just one and they're all infielders. 
And then you have the starters all together. Mo and Joe, you know, the bullpen's probably doing their thing, but Tatis isn't there, but he's there, but Machado's kind of like been that guy. So I think Eric's kind of, I think Eric was it. And then Machado came in, he was the big name, but Eric was still kind of that mediator between like, Hey, I'm kind of a big name, but he's the bigger name. And then Tatis became this, you know, grown up, you know, as a child to a grown up. And then he kind of is in where Eric is right now. And Machado's kind of probably taking the more role of Hosmer about talking to guys because, you know, he jokes around with guys and does stuff and they've gone out on his birthday and all that stuff. So it's kind of transitioned over to probably Machado. Now I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just saying this from the outside, you, you have locker room guys that are great. And then eventually like I'll give you Scott Linebrink was a locker room guy for us. Um, and I was, I got traded in the, uh, the end of 06 beginning of 07 to the Padres, but I got, it was rumored that I was going to get traded for Scott Linebrink with the, from the New York Mets and the trade didn't go through. It got pulled right at the last second because they didn't want, he was our main locker room guy. Mm-hmm. And then the next year they got me for a different trade, I guess. And, um, he was, he was that locker room guy, but then the team started molding in a different direction in 07. They ended up training, um, line bring to Milwaukee. And which for us, we got Joe Thatcher, a left-handed reliever that we needed. We had no lefties in our bullpen. That team was, we really gelled together and we, we did a lot of things together. But I think the previous year in 06, Scott Linebrink probably was that guy. Right. But in 07, he wasn't that guy anymore. Well, so what you're saying is year to year, it's different, right? Every team is different. And if this was the Padres three years ago, four years ago, then it would have been tough to lose a guy like Eric Cosmer because he's that locker room guy. But now that we have multiple locker room guys, we may not need him in the locker room if he's struggling. Right. I think if he, if here's the thing, we have multiple, we went out and got multiple guys that can play first base now. Yeah, exactly. So now it's almost like a gridlock. Eric doesn't play every day. Right. He's on right now. Eric Hosmer is a role player. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it, but he's a role player. He doesn't play every day. (laughs) I'm happy. So therefore, if you're not an everyday guy, you're not going to be, nobody's going to really look up to you. Right. You know, you're going to have a little stand because you're the veteran, but this isn't a huge young team. Right. Like Tony Clark back in the day, he was great with Detroit, Arizona. He was pretty good, but he was there for Arizona because they were very, very, very young. Mm-hmm. And he was there to show everybody exactly what to do. Right. And they, they actually signed him. I'm a good friend with Tony when he was a player, everybody knows him as, you know, the union guy, but um, I was good friends with them. And he said, they actually kept him on for two more years because they wanted that veteran presence in the locker room, even though he wasn't going to play every day. Mm-hmm. That was his job is to mentor the other guys. So that's, that's literally what he tried to do. And he got to play once or twice a week. Well, Eric isn't playing three times a week now, but it, we didn't sign him to be that veteran guy. He's just an all around great guy, but he's not producing and not playing. And we're trying to win a championship. And that's one of the positions that if we can find somebody to take Eric and we get something in return, you do it. You know, you, I just don't think you just dump them for money wise, but I think if you can find somebody that we need, like if you get a, you know, say Baltimore will take him and we'll give him a prospect in Eric Hosmer. 
to get, you know, somebody in the bullpen that's doing really well, then we go for it. But we also yeah. need an offensive player. Or bring him back to Kansas City and then see if we can swing a deal for Benintendi. Yeah, something like that. So it's, but we need offense, but like, it's one of those things. Maybe we, yeah, we, maybe he's a better American league guy than a national league guy. That does happen. I, I agree with you there as a fan. It's frustrating, but at the same time, like you don't want to see the locker room unravel because you know, one of their friends. Yeah. But you know away. what? Everybody's friends with everybody. And it's right. shocking when you see it's somebody business. go, but, but you have you at the end of the day, you know, it's a business. Exactly. And at the end of the day, you're trying to win a championship and you got to go out there and, you, you gotta know you, it's not personal. You have to know. Everybody knows on the team when Scott Linebring got traded. We all in the bullpen, we were bummed, but we knew we needed a left-handed reliever. Yep. You know, and then you know, when when they traded Jake Peavy away, and then they traded um, that was tough. But it was like we're not trying to win, they're just trying to dump salary. And then Adrian Zaz, and then it just seemed like, well, they're just trying to dump people. Like when they were trying to, they traded Scott Linebrink away. Great guy, good pitcher. I ended up taking his role, but I was I was pitching the seventh inning, and occasionally I pitched some eighth innings before you know when he was off, when he had his off day. We were trying to win, right. and we had so much good bullpen, but we needed we didn't have any lefties in AAA, and we needed a lefty. And so they well, went out and got Joe Thatcher from the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm sure those are exciting great times. Guy. It's a little bit of motivation. Yes, like you're bummed to see that guy go. But at the same time, you're thinking to yourself, okay, ownership, upper management, whatever you want to call it, they're going out to get the pieces for us to win. I remember that one season where we traded for Ryan Ludwig and Miguel Tejada. Oh, yeah. Like that was that it didn't work out, obviously, but I think that probably got people super excited. Like, okay, they're ready to go. Like they want to we're win. gonna try to win. We're going exactly. for it. Yeah. Yeah. And that the reason it didn't work out that time is because we had a bunch of part-time guys and mm -hmm. everybody was feeding off each other. And then all of a sudden our part-time guys, like we had two guys in the outfield, all of a sudden those two guys didn't play and just Ludwig played. So, yeah. and Tatis just played. And all of a sudden it was like, you right, know, who, everybody got a little cold. You remember who we gave up to get Ryan Ludwig? Uh, oh, we got rid of um, Corey Kluber. Kluber. Isn't that and, crazy? Corey Kluber and um, no, that was the Jim Edmonds trade, the third baseman. Well, let's hope the boys get back on track. All star break is coming up. We're going to give you a special all star episode next week because Heath is very fond of the all star game. He's got some yeah. iconic moments. It's a there. three of them. Never thought I would go. Well, you did. And you, uh, you gave Padres fans a lot of great memories. Uh, but stay tuned for that. But Padres, let's go, baby. Come let's on, Pods. Wake up. Let's get back wake on up. track. Wake up, boys. Pod sock, ring the bell, Heath Bell, Nick Kreider. We'll see you next time. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Save big money and start your spring project with help from Menards. We offer a huge selection of body plants, veggies, and herbs to plant at home and grow yourself. Right now, all four and a half inch body plants are on sale through May 5th. Head to the Menards Garden Center to get your garden growing and check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save